Earthlings, we have now taken over your radio. Kobe! Oh man, oh man. Get that Celtic ass! How you been, man? That was last week. Last week was good. Um, getting out of the house more, which is nice. You know, that's uh, good. Coffee yeah, runs, yeah, mostly, and it's a little more social, which is nice as well. Uh, keeping at a distance still, but everything's good. Um, everything's a little bit better. Uh, sun's out, you know, uh, more walking weather, more workout weather outdoors, and uh, people want to be outside, but people are also maintaining responsibility, which is good. So, uh, your your boy personally doesn't need any barbers or haircuts. Um, so, <laughs> so, so he doesn't have to have too much socialization or you know, go to uh, places with too many people. Um, so it's been it's been safe. It's been healthy. It's been fun. And uh, we're coming off Mother's Day and we got to celebrate that with uh, my lovely mother. And uh, yeah, things are things are pretty good so far going into this week. How about you? That's sweet, man. Yeah, it, uh, it's definitely starting to seem a little more positive or optimistic. It, it's so weird. I, we've talked about this before, I guess, but like just the kind of ebbs and flows of the the consensus feeling of everything going on i felt like this was a positive week though yeah because there have been previous weeks where everyone is kind of pretty down and pretty pessimistic about things this one it's a bit of an upswing um you know a lot of my friends mentioned uh that like you know they feel their uh they feel their mood may change depending on the weather um but also like being able to go outside and enjoy open air time is our best social asset right now. So that does make sense to degree. And, you know, it's three degrees right now, but at least it's sunny. It's beautiful. Um, going to go out for a walk later. Just do what you can to stay, stay sane. That hasn't changed. Uh, but you're certainly right. Like it does ebb and flow. And it was a good week last week. And that's all we could ask for. Yeah. And the forecast in Winnipeg actually looks like it's going to, keep rising for a little bit but we're getting some some may showers as well apparently the may may 8th i think it was friday or thursday was the coldest may 8th in recorded history in winnipeg continuing to break seasonal records i love it winnipeg doesn't change in that way (laughs) right yeah the weather does not stop uh, amidst this pandemic at all no i do remember one time in our life i forgot when it was but one time in our life i remember seeing snow in june Jeez, man! It's. It, I think it only happened once. I, I. I mean, I wouldn't put that back. Like, I. I don't remember it specifically, but I wouldn't call bullshit on that. That's for sure. Fair enough. So, what did you think uh, of the last two episodes of the Last Dance? I believe it covered uh, basically ninety-four to ninety-five. Yeah, it. Uh, I think th- these last few episodes, specifically five six seven eight like these four i feel like i've gotten into a really nice rhythm and i feel like my expectations have kind of dropped at the wayside of of this like revealing anything crazy or um it's it's really just enjoyable to watch and i feel like the story is in in a in a really good swing right now the his first retirement and baseball and his, his father's death and, and or murder. Um, it's, it, it was so well explained, like in a, in a very general, like 
way that I felt like I came away from that first episode and me and Reza kind of talked about it a little bit saying that like of, of course he retired you know like and of course he went to go play baseball like it just kind of made everything that happened make a lot more sense at least through Michael's view and it's uh it's interesting that the entire doc is kind of run through Michael and he's the main character of everything but watching episode seven and how they laid everything out and the different interviews and stuff like that it uh it seemed less shocking that the best player in the world retired after three he wanted to do something that both magic and larry didn't do uh with the uh with his father's murder and baseball it, it all just made a lot more sense after episode seven and i'm really enjoying the storytelling yeah, uh, covering 94 and 95 in episode 7 and then 96 in episode 8, you kind of get MJ's perspective on a bunch of stuff that we really didn't, you know, uh, we were kind of hoping for the more conspiracy theory stuff to be, you know, uh, divulged or, you know, explained. And we kind of got that. Um, he essentially spent episode 7 debunking the 94 and 95 theories about his father's death and, and baseball. and and Yeah, and the gambling. Yeah, and and... It, it did make sense. Um, it was a little bit apologist material. Obviously, you know, MJ has to uh, green light all the stuff going on, but it did all make sense. And hearing and he was and, and, and doing anything for three years is going to take a toll on you. Like everything did make sense to me as well. Um, but yeah, it, it was essentially MJ, MJ's perspective of all that. And it was, it was, it was really enlightening to kind of see how, and we saw it with the Warriors just now, how that actually weighs on someone. No doubt. Yeah, I think uh, that's, a, that's another thing that we were kind of talking about while we were watching it, that it, it makes the Warriors and, and even LeBron seem that much better in my eyes. That it just it, This is such a great detailed story about how hard this kind of stuff is. And I mean, no one's, no one's arguing that Jordan was on a completely other level, not just basketball, but like, just the stardom and uh, <laughs> how we can't leave his house and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, it was such an interesting time. And I think they did a great, uh, a great job kind of illustrating that with what everyone was thinking. And I could not believe how many people were at that press conference. I've never seen, I've never seen that footage before, but um, continuing to see just different things that, are really filling the gaps with the kind of myth and the legend that's Michael Jordan in my mind as a nineties baby. And that, that press conference like knocked my hair back. I was like, wow, that's, there was a, like a thousand people there. Yeah. Imagine if like, I don't know, I, I guess the equivalent would be LeBron winning in 2016 or LeBron winning this year and then retiring. Like, no, you're still at the top of your game. Like MJ played nine seasons at the time. He was, I think 32. If my, memory serves correctly yeah, yeah. um and, and lebron is 32 now like that that would be so weird in the context of seeing someone you know still dominate the game at that level um it, just call it quits like you're you're at the top of the world but it, it it's romanticized and it's very hard to do like how many people actually walk away while at the top and mj did that and i can't imagine how groundbreaking of a story that must have been at the time like it would i forgot who said it one of the journalists uh said in the last dance but like that was truly like when you figured that out when you heard that where were you when it happened 
Yeah, exactly. And I was trying to think of moments that I've had that, uh, specifically like NBA versions. And the one that came to mind immediately was when LeBron said he was going to go um, back to Cleveland. I remember it was like in the middle of uh, like a, a normal summer day in July. And I was I was still working at the University of Manitoba. And um, I remember like the the tweets and just the the media storm that it the news that LeBron is is going back home after his four years in Miami. Like I remember that like hour so vividly. Do you have any memories of certain things in NBA history that you remember like where you were? Uh, certainly I remember the exact moment, uh, that Kobe died. Um, th- that 100%. was very, of course, very recent, but, uh, yeah, I, like, uh, I was at work kind of sitting on the sidebar and I definitely remember that like very vividly. Um, but that one's a fresh one. Uh, I do remember not the moment where, uh, we found out LeBron was coming back to Cleveland, but I, I remember the feeling leading up to it where Pat Riley just kind of gave his conference like uh, man up. Um, you don't, you don't right. leave something you built. And I, I started to like kind of get that feeling in my stomach. Like something's not right. Something feels different. Um, other than that, who um, leading up to the decision and watching the decision on TV at my house, that was very weird um, and kind of surreal uh, in the moment. Uh, those are the only ones that really come to mind, actually. But yeah, there's there's certainly like, you know, it's some basketball things or or any any sports related things. Not many of them actually stick with you in in those, uh, you know, just kind of etched into your memory. But those are those are three, uh, a very few that have really stuck with me. Yeah, the the ninety three thing. I mean that that would be for anyone at that. Uh, like if you're above the age of like ten. You you probably remember the day Jordan retired. Uh, how do you think that they they handled the the gambling allegations, the the, the theories, I guess, and uh, and the whole baseball arc of uh, Jordan's story? I, I mean, throw throw his dad in there too. I mean, like I feel like that whole hiatus was uh, was just one complete story in itself. Yeah, um, it. it I'm glad that they went into MJ's father's death a little bit in terms of what they kind of backtracked. I actually didn't actually like, I never really knew the details of uh, where they found the body and where the car went, um, yeah, or where they either. discovered the car. And uh, just to get like little details of what happened. And of course, keeping that level of respect, obviously you don't want to, you know, air out a whole true crime investigation 30 years later about his father's death. Um, But to get the little facts that they were able to piece together and uh, kind of how sudden and tragic it was and how that must've affected someone at the top of their world. And uh, I I thought they handled the father's death fairly well. Uh, I thought MJ did a great job keeping it together. Um, And and obviously he, this is another reason why I thought these two episodes are really strong. He actually showed a lot of emotion and uh, we Absolutely. got to see a very humane and relatable side of MJ uh, as he as he kind of, you know, navigated these arcs and relived them because uh, that's a big ask for someone to relive your father's death, to relive, you know, basically a, a journey that you're taking to play baseball that was at least half influenced by your father. Um, 
I, I, I thought they handled it really well. Uh, though I would have liked them to go into the gambling aspect a little bit more. They did in the earlier episodes. I'll give them credit for that. Uh, with the golf hustler and the guy who wrote the book about how MJ owes him a million dollars. They they did a good enough job explaining the gambling stuff earlier. Um, though I do wish they touched on it more. But they did a great job. How about you? Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh... It was one of those things that, in my mind, it was always just like, yeah, he he took a break to 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 play baseball. He lost his father, kind of thing. And a lot of these things are stuff I remember from that Michael Jordan to the Max movie because I think that was like my first real impression of of Michael Jordan. And and Space Jam was a part of it too. Like is between like ninety six and ninety eight. I don't remember any of the first three pete i don't remember the 94 95 like i was a five-year-old child like i that that just wasn't a part of my life nor would i remember it anyways but these uh those those next years it's it's interesting now to relive what kind of spawned the rest of it like that second three-peat right and i love it kind of i think it's episode seven they they start going into his his comeback right wearing the four or five but even his time away from the bulls like when kukoc starts playing um i love the story that they told i think it's probably one of the best like basketball stories that they've told so far was about scotty deciding to stay on the bench during that play like they must have talked to like they had a quip from almost every talking head on that team. And uh, it was such an emotional story, but it's, uh, it's really interesting again, going back as a nineties kid and, and getting more color from these little, little ideas of, uh, of history that, uh, that I thought I knew a good amount, but yeah, it's, it's really filling in the gaps, but I really, really love that story about uh, the, the Scotty benching himself. what do you think about that one? Oh, I'm I'm so happy they went through that because that's been an iconic story that we've heard loose parts about and we never really got, you know, as you said, every talking head's perspective at once. And that was really cool to kind of piece together. Steve Kerr did a great job. Uh, Bill Cartwright did a great job. Um, yeah. Tony Kukoc, like, and, and seeing the footage woven in, like, big shout out to Jason Hare and ESPN um, for doing a great job on that part. Uh, really enjoyed the Scotty years. And, and how they were able to cover that. Uh, it was nice to see that he kind of turned into almost like a magical bronze sort of player, or that's what he always was. And he was able to flourish under that sort of, you know, playmaking point for facilitator number one. And that was really fun to watch um, in, in the limited footage that we saw. Um, and, and I'm glad you asked what I thought about that. I wanted to ask what your thoughts are visually, because like we got to see a good amount of footage that I, I think we never saw, or at least I never saw, uh, first of which something that I don't think anyone has ever seen, the MJ Dome. That was absolutely yeah. crazy. Like the Space Jam Dome, that was amazing. No doubt. I, it's, it's so similar to like the Monte Carlo uh, Dream Team scrimmages, right? Like how cool that would have been to watch those games. Uh, that was something I, I said audibly, like out loud. I was like, I had no idea this happened. I knew they built him a court. I had no idea it was a dome and I had no idea the likes of uh, Patrick Ewing and Reggie Miller were showing up to play like that. That's incredible. That, those are the like those are the kind of nuggets um, that continuously surprise me. Like every episode, there's one or two that I'm like, wow, I had no idea that happened. That was awesome. Yeah, it, we're really like it, it feels like 
they did a great job explaining in this documentary or docuseries how MJ kind of sowed the seeds for what we see today. Like obviously playing cards uh, with your rivals or people you're about to face the night before in hotel rooms. You talk about that. Um, kind of seeing this like, you know, kind of maybe first of its time or like first recorded of its time, the best of the best getting time in at universe at uh, Warner Bros studios with MJ, like kind of the summer meetups that we see frequently every year now. Um, but with the best of the best, that was really cool to see. Um, but just the little, the little visual tidbits of like m- my personal favorite moment was seeing MJ with a, after coming back uh, from baseball with a cigar in his mouth, <laughs> holding a baseball bat talking shit uh, that was like the most like oh this guy's still a fucking boss oh, oh might have to censor that this guy's still a boss um right because like i i've not seen I, I don't know i feel if i were mj i would have a cigar in my mouth and have a baseball bat right yeah, like that would be my attitude going everywhere uh other than that uh constantly calling scotty barella ho i thought it was amazing <laughs> yeah <laughs> Like he did it so many times and Scotty Burrell came off in both the practice footage and in the post, uh, you know, like in the current time interviews as such a sweet part that he no was like, doubt. yeah, that was, that was how it was. And MJ said it best. Like, I didn't ask you to do anything I didn't do. And uh, that's what these past two episodes really did for me uh, visually. And, you know, with, you know, current level interview um, show that MJ's passion was kind of understood by the people at the time. Like, yeah, MJ was an ass, but he also, it, it was understood that he had to be an ass to kind of get that out of his teammates. And they kind of bonded over, was it a bit apologist? Yeah, but they kind of bonded over how much of a hard ass their leader was. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, there wasn't one past teammate that, said anything negative about that like they're like there's a reason why you won three championships like it's it's that kind of attitude that he brought to the bulls like from day one as a rookie and then even like him coming back um him coming back wearing the 45 like that's it's such a weird story and i'm really glad to see i I love seeing that orlando footage um of uh of like young Shaq uh, going at them and just how good Horace Grant was but like during that time him coming back there was like some new characters on the team right like Kerr came Ku coach and like that was their first real interaction with with MJ like they they knew about him obviously they probably played against him and I mean the the best of all time but now he comes back joins the team and I love the the first couple um visits i guess he has uh back to the like the the bulls facility but uh it, it was cool seeing those those new guys kind of uh tell about uh what it was like for mj to come back and start playing with that team but yeah not one of them has anything negative to say about how he went about his business because i don't say he dragged them but he raised everybody up to his level of expectations and i mean that's that's how you get three rings in a row and uh the telling of <laughs> of uh corralling him up and and punching him it's like it's just so funny again watching with Raisa and she knows Steve Kerr as the Warriors coach um not only was she surprised to figure out that he was a big part of that 
first or that second three-peat, but the fact that he went at Jordan, the smallest guy in the team, and uh, and Jordan just clocking him right back. Um, we just live for these kind of stories, right? But it, I just love hearing from his past teammates uh, about these kind of things. Yeah, and uh, I'm glad Raisa enjoyed that. Uh, I, I've had this long-standing theory that Steve Kerr is actually the chosen one. Um, he, he had the, he had his hand in the three Pete, uh, in the 90, you know, 96 to 98 bulls. Uh, he joined the Spurs. He learned from Phil Jackson. He learned from Greg Popovich. And then he took the greatest shooters of all time, uh, to quite a few finals appearances. Um, so yeah, I, I was loving the Steve Kerr content. Anytime we could get candid Steve Kerr, uh, it's an absolute treat. Uh, a couple other notes. There's a legalized Kemp sign during the Sonics finals. Um, <laughs> I missed that. That's yeah, awesome. I, I was really enjoying that one. Uh, they didn't talk. They didn't speak enough about Sean Kemp and uh, how the Rain Man no, was not was at all so dominant. Yeah, I love the Peyton stuff, but you're right. They completely glossed over Kemp. And I think I think they did it with Joe Dumars too uh, during the Bad Boys yes. Pistons. I think I think there's it's either a part of they couldn't get Kemp uh, on interview. Uh, fair enough. Um, or they couldn't, or MJ was just not wanting to disclose that part. Uh, maybe he's still holding beefs or grudges. I don't know. Um, maybe it's a production thing. It just can make things work. It would have been nice to hear more about Kemp because he was um, he was a force, and he was obviously an important part to that Sonics team. Uh, yeah. And one more thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, I wanted your opinion on. Everyone is consuming this, including basketball players all over the world we constantly get um maybe not berated it, it, that's a little strong but like constantly get nudged how this is a softer time obviously if there's no hand checking the game isn't as physical or as good as it used to be how is this affecting and we we saw with a bit of Giannis's public comments by the way Giannis, i bet his i, I he just got hacked recently i bet his his passwords are just his last name like <laughs> yeah right <laughs> I, can't, I can't think how did you get everything hacked you have the same password for everything and it's probably just your last name 34 um anyways <laughs> but he mentioned in his public comments that you know this to see that you know it, it's eye-opening to see how greatness is a lifelong commitment that's essentially what Giannis said how do you think this is affecting people today and people who players who are born in 98 and 99, like Shai Gilgis, Alexander, all these guys, how is this affecting them? Well, the way I think about it is like, just as a, like, I have, I have lost competitiveness competitiveness as like a, a trait of mine as I grow older, I feel like, but I'm trying to like bring myself back to high school and thinking about like, I'm a 21 year old, say NBA star. And I'm watching this right now, very similar to like through our eyes where We've heard about Michael Jordan, but I think Ryan Rosillo brought up a great point on the pod. It was last week or something that like how many of these young NBA stars have actually sat down and watched a full two and a half hour game of Michael Jordan. Like I know I've watched maybe two, like not many at all. Uh, I've seen parts here and there, some chunks bigger than others. But if I'm thinking about a young NBA star now and they're watching this, I imagine they are just itching to get back and to play and to just grind it out i'm hoping we're gonna see like a little of a like a boom of uh the not maybe not talent but like people getting really really serious about their craft and i i think kobe's death is a big part of this as well 
Um, but the, just the timing of everything, it is too bad that a lot of these players either don't have hoops at at home or they just don't have the the proper ways to take care of their bodies like they're used to. But I'm hoping down the line in the near future when sports, specifically basketball, is 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 as close to normal as as we can get. Um, I'm hoping there's going to be a little bit of maybe it's a talent boom or whatever, or or just everyone talking about their work ethic because they're inspired by this, right? Like he talks about it in, I think it's in episode eight where he said like, this all comes from basketball. And like, he, he tries to remember that as often as possible. Like all the, the sponsorships and space jam and his, his fame, it all stems from his performance on the court and his hard work and everything. So I am hoping that's what the NBA players now are taking from it. It's interesting seeing some of their, their comments uh, online, whether it's Twitter and Instagram, but, I'm really hoping that they take that that work ethic part about it and how he got everything that came his way just because how much he worked hard. And maybe that kind of hardens the league a little bit in a way that uh, they push each other and they get better. So I'm hoping for a talent boom. What say you? Uh, Trey Young mentioned that, you know, Kobe was my MJ. And and then to see, you know, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant, the, the footage of Kobe, you know, disclosing that he isn't him without MJ's constant guidance. I think it's, you know, it, it's going to be just a bit of a greater appreciation for what the league was at the time. Um, right. And, and, and maybe a bit of respect for the old guard uh, that wasn't as there because the game has changed so much. But uh, there, I think there has to be a bit of an effect on what meaning winning has to you and, and how you hold winning in, in your mind. Because um, MJ devoted his whole life to competition and to winning, and it actually paid off. Like, to go six for six in the finals and to go out on top after just complete exhaustion, but hold out every time, uh, I can't help but think. And if Giannis's comments or anything, if, if just Giannis is affected by this and he's the only one who takes something out of this personally and, and grows and builds from it, we're in for a scary new league already <laughs> because Giannis is already a dangerous player. And if he gets any more dangerous or any, any bit of a mean streak in him, I would say, watch out. Specifically, let's close on this. We've got a couple minutes here. What do you think this does to LeBron? And how do you think he's been watching this? Has he made I any- would want his opinion. I mean, he's he's talked about some legend stuff and he, he's definitely made comments. But okay. I mean, if there was anyone that I would love some like raw, unfiltered two hour podcast thoughts from about this entire series, it would be LeBron. Yeah. It, like my argument with or I guess my talking point with LeBron and MJ and how that conversation always goes down is that like, no one's going to take away the status of greatest of all time from Michael Jordan, but LeBron understands it's kind of more about, you know, the overall or maybe the secret that it's not entirely about basketball. Um, and, and LeBron kind of does these things that kind of bring, bring upon a whole case of, you know, he opens school, he's paid for tuition. he's you know, he's supported hospitals, 
um he's done all these philanthropic things there was he's kind of in the jay-z beyonce realm of celebrity like he's a pop culture icon Barack obama level uh currently and on the court has he been able to replicate that same thing well the league is very different it's very hard to win um one in a row or or, i mean uh, two in a row rather and he was able to do that he was able to do the unthinkable and bring cleveland a title um and if LeBron could take anything from this is that I don't think LeBron, it, 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 I don't think it's leaked out entirely that LeBron is a hard ass. And if LeBron gets a bit of a mean streak going into his thirties uh, or being a bit more demanding of his players, because uh, it seems like this is just a disagreement on leadership styles. And LeBron is a lot more kind of like buddy, buddy. You, you hear it explained with MJ and Scotty, where Scotty was the guy who will pat your back and let you know it's all going to be okay uh where mj is the one who yells at you and how does lebron build from that like lebron seems like the kind of guy who's you know he's strict and stern and demanding but he's also looking to elevate you you know emotionally um if if lebron's gonna take anything out of this is that the strive for greatness is gonna have to continue and um more of a reason to get this season going again because uh lebron's currently in his prime i think this is just building a bit of a fire to finish the season strong and uh, if LeBron is staying in shape, which I think you and I both know he is, uh, we're going to see a nasty, nasty level of play from LeBron when, uh, if and when we get NBA basketball again. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope we do. And I can absolutely see, I mean, pretend none of this happened and I could absolutely see LeBron would have won a normal season, but I can see him completely stealing this now just because he's ready and locked and ready to go and who knows about uh, the rest of of the league right so mm-hmm. um that would be awesome if if this documentary can provoke anyone to to even more greatness i hope it's lebron um but that'll do it for us here on uh, 101.5 umfm today thanks for tuning in two more episodes man two more it goes by so fast oh i i don't know what i'm going to do after that sundays are just going to be another day yeah, no doubt, man. It's uh, I, I was so excited about it when it started. And I was like, yes, five weeks. Like, that's a good amount of time. And we're coming up on the last week. Insane, but uh, it's been a hell of a ride. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week about these last two episodes. Until then, stay safe. Hang in there. Oh.